Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Careful making wishes in the dark, dark, can't be so when they hit that up in the sides in the mean, mean time. I'm just dreaming of tearing you apart. That is hammered out the deep left field. Forget about it. Big fly from Mike Trout and the Angels have tied this one up and won. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Troy Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dallin Garcia, and in this episode, I am joined with Taylor Blake Ward from the Locked On Angels Podcast. He does a lot of great work with the draft, and so I figured it'd be a great time to bring him on and talk to him about the Angels draft this last uh, this last week, the five round quick draft that was the, the 2020 MLB draft. But uh, I hope you enjoyed the, the the interview. So here is my conversation with Taylor Blake Ward about the Angels Major League Baseball draft. So this edition of the All Angels podcast, I want to talk draft. So I called up the person that I know does the most draft work that I can get a hold of, and that's Taylor Blake Ward. How you doing? <laughs> that's uh, you need to extend your list there, man. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for having me on. So I guess one of the big things before we talk about the people that got drafted was just the draft itself was really different this year from years past, only being five rounds with the work that you put into the draft did that make it easier because now the people that you're looking at are, are have shrunk or how, how did you um, attack the draft this year it really it felt easier which seems weird to say but it's just uh you know having a report on x amount of kids and i'm not having a call about some player that got taken in the seventh or eighth round that went to a juco that i've never even heard of the juco before <laughs> kind of thing um that that helped but i think every kid that got drafted minus i think maybe 10 total were guys that i didn't have an initial report on um so that helped out a lot you know it was a little bit easier um definitely not what i wanted though you know i would right. love to have had a a 30 40 round draft uh, i think that maybe four i think sensibly 40 may have been long this year uh, with everything that's going on in baseball. But the fact that it was only five, I think, was outrageous. I think that's terribly short. And kind of like you said, with everything going on, seasons getting cut short and probably some seasons not even starting, what amount of rounds do you think would have been a good a good amount for this season or for this uh, draft? I've been asked that a lot lately. And I think this year, if you would have had it as 20 to 25, I don't think you would have seen – the outrage that came with it. I think 20 to 25 with everything that's going on this year would have been very sensible. I think moving forward, uh, I was chatting about it. You know, 40 rounds is, it, it does allow you to add a lot of talent into your farm system, but there's a reason why you're seeing guys like Johnny Manziel getting drafted and, and guys that are high school players drafted in the 37th round, just to have that conversation. I think if we, if we move the draft to, Something around 30 rounds, I think we'd actually be a little bit more comfortable 
with how things went. And I know that that's eliminating 10 opportunities for every team. Um, but maybe, you know, you, it gives you the the feeling of really not worrying about going and drafting Johnny Manziel or drafting a high school player in the 35th round just to have the conversation with them, knowing they're going to college. I think it does. it's going to add a little bit more solidarity to the draft if we did it that way. But as for this year, I think – 20 to 20 to 30 rounds would have been maybe sensible uh five way too short outrageous so let's get into this year's draft obviously the angels number one pick in the first round 10th overall reed detmers um the pitcher out of louisville left-hander out of louisville what was your take on him coming into the draft and then what was your take how he fits with the angels organization you know, uh, he was a guy that was kind of one of those first-round conversation guys for me uh, at the start of spring and had some really strong outings to start the year and kind of solidified himself in that top tier of college pitchers with Emerson Hancock and Max Meyer. And Max Meyer kind of jumped up on a lot of people, but he was one of the best uh, arms in the draft. And, and I don't think you're going to get a lot of argument out of that. Um, as the draft approached, it sounded like he was going to go in the range that he did. And overall, I think the, the Angels did get the best player available. And the fact that he's a pitcher is just a little more beneficial for an organization that needs arms like Reed Detmers and quick movers that could be with the Major League Club within a year or two. Um, but overall, I think they got the best player available, which is really all you can ask for when you're t- picking at the top of the draft the way that the Angels did this year. A lot of talk, too, came in, and I know he had some, or Epler and also Reed talked about him possibly being in that tech, that quote-unquote taxi squad once the season, if the season gets started this year. Um, how do you feel about the possibility of him being that? Do you think that is something that would help him in the long term, or is that something that might um, kind of cut back his development? I don't think we're, I, there's not going to be a minor league season this year, and I feel really comfortable saying that, so... If, uh, you know, if he was going to go and have some development, I think it would be something along the lines of inter-squad games in Arizona. So the fact that you could have him uh, developing at the major league level to start his professional career isn't really a worry for me. Also, he's a guy that has thrown more recently than a lot of the professionals that that may be on that major league club. So uh, taxi squad, I think, would be fine. I think, you know, you throw him into the bullpen and say, look, you know, Reed, we're going to give you 10 innings this year or – Show you know we're going to give you ten innings. Show us more, and we'll keep you around for a little bit more. You're already on our depth chart because next year we're going to send you out to high A, and with a really quick trigger to double A, there's a chance even in September we call you up, kind of thing. And I think that's kind of where it is. Um, Billy Epler wouldn't uh, specify that he would or would not be on any taxi squad, which is you know that's Billy's job. That's right. he can't give that kind of thing away. And uh, Reed is very confident in his, in his abilities, and there's a reason for it. You, you've seen it uh, firsthand. His command of all four pitches are very uh, advanced for a college arm, and the fact that you know this is a guy that I think most people believe is going to be a major leaguer within a year and a half to two years. So next September, you know, depending on what the, what the season happens here with Major League Baseball this year, next September I don't think is an outrageous kind of thing to believe that Reed Detmers could be up. It may be two years from now when we go into uh, spring training of 2022. But even if it's then, this is still a quick mover that's going to be able to help out the Angels during the peak years of Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout. 
so Reed Detmer is obviously coming out of college, more already more developed than than a high school kid. So you already have kind of a better idea of how you know he can translate to Major League Baseball. But where do you see his ceiling at? Is it a frontline ace? Is it a solid number two? Where do you see him uh, in the future? You know, guys like him because he's a crafty lefty who's so advanced, uh, but has some upside, especially with that curveball. You don't want to cap a ceiling on him or cap a a floor on him because a lot of these guys, you know, some, this is the same kind of conversation that you're going to have with a guy like a Madison Bumgarner who at a time was an ace. So you don't want to, but I don't want to, you know, over glorify things and say that he's going to become a Madison Bumgarner. Right. So essentially the way that I think most people look at him and the way that I look at him is there's going to be a few years where he is a mid rotation arm, um, a, two to three to four win type pitcher. But I think more times over than none, he's going to be like a, a number four in your rotation, which is a very valuable thing to attain in the draft. The fact that you're getting a starting pitcher in the draft is a big, a big get. So I think this it's kind of the same as what you would put on Griffin Canning and Griffin Canning, you know, yes. Can he be an ace? Absolutely. He can. Can Reed Devers be an ace? Absolutely. He can. But it may take some time and it may only be for one year or maybe two years, which is a great span. I think when all is said and done, you're looking at a mid rotation arm, someone that's going to be a two or three war type of pitcher for a couple of years. And if the angels get him on this entry level contract for six years to start his entry level contract before he becomes a free agent, and you get something along the lines of 10 to 15 war out of him during that span, that is a monumental get for a first round pick. So moving on in the draft, obviously the Angels didn't have a second-round pick because of the Anthony Rendon signing. Um, so their next draft pick was in the third, and that was David uh, Calbrizi from, from Canada, uh, high school kid, outfielder. Um, everything that I'm seeing, uh, super fast. Uh, I think that's probably his best tool, but what do you know about him? Yeah, he can hit. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of questions about his hit tool. It's about the power. How much power is he going to – is he going to be able to hit for enough power to be a everyday regular kind of thing? And when you get into the third round, those are the kind of players that you take gambles on. He's a really good athlete, very good athlete, a lot of speed. Uh, Malik Smith type of player for me uh, because he's a left-handed hitter with speed out of the box. Uh, has the ability to play in center field, and that's a challenging thing to get a guy that can play up the middle for you. So that's kind of when it comes to David Calabresi. I think that's kind of what you're looking at is, I think, uh, you know, someone was asking me, like, you know, could you compare him to Jordan Adams? And I'm like, you know, I don't think he's that kind of player. I don't think he has that kind of upside. But the fact that, you know, he can hit for a little bit, he has a good eye at the plate, he's got a lot of speed, this could be a, a leadoff profile kind of player who maybe runs into a handful of home runs here and there uh, and hits for, uh, you know, maybe he's a 260, 270 batting average with a 350 on base percentage and a low slugging, but he plays pretty good defense for you in the outfield and steals quite a few bases. So that's kind of the player I see in David Calabrese. What, what do you say to people that notice – another high school athletic outfielder in the Angels organization where they already have, you know, Joe obviously on the, on the edge of making his debut, but you also have a Brandon Marsh. You have, like you said, Jordan Adams, and now you have another guy like that. Um, wh what do you say to people that say is like, they already have enough outfielders. Uh, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, no, 
No, when it comes to the draft, you take the best player available, and the Angels felt that David Calabrese was that player, and you stock up on talents because, you know, what if Jordan Adams doesn't play out? And when, what if Brandon Marsh doesn't play out? And we're getting to the point where Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh are very likely going to play out to become the players that are expected out of them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, everyday players who have all-star upside, and Joe Adele obviously to that, you know, near superstardom kind of upside. Um, but, you know, you talk about Jordan Adams and you talk about Trent DeVoe, Deshaun Knowles, Alexander Ramirez. The list kind of goes on and on, and there's a lot of athletic outfielders. The thing with David Calabrese is he doesn't turn 18 years old until late September. Wow. So you have four or five years before you really have to make a concern about him being an outfielder for the future for a couple of years. And at that point, you're talking about Joe Adele being a free agent within two years, Brandon Marsh being a free agent within two years. So it's kind of like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me for that. Um, you know, it, it's like, yeah, the window kind of does change based on how you're going to develop David Calabrese, how you value him. But you did get the best player available, at least in the Angels' opinion at that time, to build on that. And, yes, you have a lot of outfielders in your farm system, and you have a lot of talented athletes in the farm system. But adding on to that, you, you can never have enough arms. You can never have enough enough athletes. And I think that, you know, David Calabrese in the future may be a trade ship. Maybe he's a star player. We never know until he kind of gets to that double-A, triple-A level. So now they're going into the fourth round of the draft. The Angels get Warner Blakely, a shortstop out of uh, Detroit Edison High School. Again, another kind of up-the-middle guy. Um, when you seem like kind of with the outfield, you have that uh, shortstop position kind of not filled, but you have names that people recognize in the system already there. Is that another uh, just getting the best guy available at the time? Yeah, I mean, this fits the Angels' uh, profile of drafting to the T, you know, it's a young athletic up middle player. And that's going to be a big drawing tool for all teams across baseball Um, with Werner Blakely. You know, it is a good chance that he stays at shortstop and that's a very challenging thing to find in the draft. And we, we talk about David Fletcher and Luis Renifo, right? Very talented baseball players, but the likelihood of them staying at shortstop long term, there's a lot of questions, even though they can't play shortstop right now. So, that's kind of – it's with Werner Blakely, it's like, you know, we could develop this kid into a shortstop, and that's a big focus is that word shortstop. You do have uh, Jeremiah Jackson who's playing shortstop right now, but even as talented as he is, it's likely that he's going to move to third base or second base. Kyron Paris, I think, just – I mean, he was a second-round pick, and I think he's a little bit better of an athlete than Blakely is, and I think that he's got a good chance to stay in the shortstop, but it's never a bad thing to have, you know – a back, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, one in the chamber, right? Right. <laughs> and, and I feel like Warner Blakely becomes your one in the chamber behind that next wave of you. Right now, you have Luis Renjifo, you have David Fletcher, uh, and Dalton Simmons for however long he can pan out as the best shortstop in the game. Then you get to that next wave of, okay, let's see what we have in Jeremiah Jackson. Let's see what we have in Kyron Paris. Let's see what we have in Errol Vera, who I, you know, Errol Vera to, to me is one of the names we really focus in on as a shortstop in the future for the Angels. But Warner Blakely joins that cast. And if one of these guys makes it and becomes a talent, then you really can say it's a successful draft pick. If Warner Blakely becomes a role player or a platoon player, it's still a successful draft pick because you're in the fourth round and you still got a major leaguer. So it's all based on development with him. You know, there's some uh, offensive upside, especially with power output. 
Um, and the chance to stay a shortstop, you get a power hitting shortstop, even if the average isn't there and the strikeouts are there, that's still a very big thing to get, especially in the fourth round. So going into the fifth round, Angels pick up a local boy from Long Beach State, um, Adam, and I'm probably going to butcher his last name, uh, Seminaris? Seminaris, very Seminaris. good. Okay. Very good. There you go. Shot in the dark. There you we were go. Good. No, you were there. That's very good. <laughs> but again, Long Beach, I guess I saw that's the first uh, drafted uh, Long Beach guy to the Angels since Jared Weaver. Now I'm guessing people aren't expecting that out of him, but what can they expect out of him? Crafty lefty who is very advanced mentally with the game. And, and that's hard. I mean, you talk about all the – I've already mentioned war, and I've mentioned uh, a lot of these analytical numbers – you still have to look at the intangibles and no matter what, you know, uh, analytically inclined person says, or an old school baseball person says, there is a perfect mix there with Adam seminars who is so advanced up in the, between the ears there. He knows how to attack hitters and how to get outs. And that's a very important thing. The stuff is average. You know, it's, he throws his fastball about 88 to 91 or so, um, he can get into like 92, 93, 94, and you hope that you can maybe get a little bit of that more 92 to 94 kind of category uh, as he grows a little bit more. There is a little bit of physical development left with him. Um, but, you know, if this is a guy that has an average mix and he's a lefty that throws the way he does and he knows how to attack and you get five years out of him as a major league uh, back-end arm, that's a very successful player that you have in your organization I really like Adam Seminaris. I think I'm definitely the over-the-top guy on him. I really do, and it's because I've seen him so often here at Long Beach State. Um, but Eric Valenzuela, the head coach there, him and I are buddies, and we've chatted about this before. This is a guy that's – I think he's a major leaguer. And the fact that you're getting a major leaguer out of the fifth round, you know, we talk about the draft itself. And if you can get two players out of a draft that become major leaguers, very successful draft. Right now, we're looking at four players that the Angels took this year that all have Major League upside, and I have a really strong feeling that Adam Seminaris is a Major Leaguer in the future. It's a big get for me. And if, if he's a reliever or he's a starter, I think he has a lot of starter traits. I think he's going to be perfectly fine as a starter. Um, and, you know, we see guys like this all the time, and suddenly they become Patrick Sandoval, right? I mean, right. Patrick Sandoval, when he was drafted, this is the kind of conversation we're having with him. The only difference, him being a high school player, Adam being a, a, a college junior. But, you know, Patrick Sandoval, when he was drafted out of high school, we're having this conversation of, yeah, you know, maybe he's a major leaguer someday, whatever. Now we're looking at him and we're like, hey, this is actually a pretty important guy to the Angels uh, organization. I think that's what we're looking at with Adam Seminaris. I'm not going to compare him to Patrick Sandoval by any means, but one of those guys that adds to your farm system and gives you someone that may hit the depth chart within two years here as a starting pitcher. Now, normally at the end of the draft, you know, you end up sending your players to, to rookie ball in a normal season. Now with everything going on, do you know what's going to happen with these players now? Are they just going to be like in Arizona, just kind of working out? Is there going to be some kind of simulated games going on? No, I, I don't know. And I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I mean, um, you know, there hasn't been an announcement from minor league baseball and they did deny a report that came out. I want to say a month ago from one of the Mariners bloggers who said the minor league baseball season was canceled. Um, you know, they denied that report. There hasn't been anything that's been set in stone and I've been very adamant, you know, I've told you this before and I've told others this before is I will never speculate. 
I'm going to speculate now. I think they canceled minor league baseball back in March. You know, yeah. I, 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 there's no way that they're going to send players out to affiliates and, you know, say, uh, you know, I, I'm going to use, I'm not going to specify one player over another, but some 21 year old kid that just signed for X amount of dollars. Right. And you're sending him to Burlington, Iowa or Orem, Utah, or, San Bernardino, California, and you're saying, look, hey, COVID-19 is pretty bad right now. We don't want you going out to the bar after the ball game with your buddies, and we don't want you going out to uh, the restaurant after the ball game. Come on. Yeah. I mean, you're telling him he's going to be hanging out there for 150 days or whatever it is and not to go – just not to go to the restaurant, not to go outside. Just, hey, make sure you're only going from your apartment to – you can't control that. And that's where I think Arizona comes into play is the Angels are in Tempe there. They can't have a small sense of control, even though Mill Avenue is right there. And you and I have talked about that before, and <laughs> yep. we'll, we'll leave it at that. But, you know, you have some sense of control. Maybe you have them in Anaheim, but you're talking about 200-some players. And you're trying to put a little bit of control on 200 players. And control is such a harsh word, but it's true. That's kind of where you're at right now. And these are guys that are aged, what, 17 to 25 yeah, and they're they're professional athletes who uh, have a, a little bit of change in their back pocket. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong, and you don't want that to happen. So, I mean, yeah, I'm speculating here, but I don't see any chance that minor league baseball is happening this year. All right, Taylor, thank you very much again, Taylor Blake Ward, my guest. You can catch him on the Locked On Angels podcast, pretty much anywhere else. Uh, you listen to this podcast. So, Taylor, again, thank you very much for all your hard work with the draft and jumping on here and, and talking uh, MLB draft. Yeah, man, for you, anytime. I always appreciate talking ball with you. And uh, you and I have had some really fun chats, so it's really great to be able to do it again. What's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Again, I want to thank Taylor uh, for chatting with me and talking about the players that the Angels drafted. And it's really cool to hear, uh, you know, that Reed Detmers, for example, the first pick uh, could be up with the Angels very soon and and doesn't doesn't get kind of lost in that minor league shuffle because I think a lot of times for fans, that's kind of what happens. You hear about a guy that gets drafted number one, number two uh, in the first couple of rounds, and then because of the way baseball works, you kind of just lose track of them after a while, and then all of a sudden, boom, they pop up, and uh, they're in the majors, and then you 
think to yourself, oh, that's right, that he was drafted in whatever year. So it's pretty cool to think that uh, Reed might have opportunity to pop with the major league team uh, sooner rather than later, which is a really cool thing, him being a, a, a really good left-handed pitcher out of Louisville again. So, again, um, I want to thank Taylor. Uh, check out his Twitter. I'll put his Twitter in uh, the bio, but Taylor Blake Ward is, is pretty simple, and, and there's a good chance if you listen to this podcast, you probably also listen to the Locked on Angels podcast um, that he does, and he does a really good job there. But before uh, we go on, before I let you go, um, there's, there's, I want to let you know about uh, the title sponsor of not only the All Angels podcast, but the Armchair Media Network, and that is BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing his return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and BetOnline has the best lines, uh, odds for the upcoming games and matches. Uh, need more? BetOnline has simulated MLB or not MLB, sorry, NFL, NBA, and USC happening every day for our devoted gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag. Okay, again, betonline.ag. Um, our title sponsor for the All Angels Podcast and the Armchair Media Network. Uh, so that's going to wrap it for, up for this episode. Johnny and myself will be back on Thursday um, chatting about anything you guys want to talk about. We have a couple of topics in mind, but again, um, if you want to hear us talk about a certain thing, always email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com or our social media feeds at halo underscore haven. Um, but yeah, it's going to be probably another kind of uh, live uh, podcast this week with Johnny and myself. Look for the live streams on probably on our Facebook again. That actually kind of worked out really, really well. So we'll be doing it from there live and also probably on our Instagram live. Both of them you can find easy by just typing in Halo Haven and, and giving us a follow there. Um, so again, I am Dan Garcia. This is the All Angels Podcast. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you next or not even next week, <laughs> later this week. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.